0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to another Analytica LinkedIn Live. And today uh, we've got a customer chats uh, panel with Jesse Coulter, the Influencer Program Manager uh, at Dell, and Gillian Kaplan, who's a uh, thought leader, SME, especially in the 5G women in tech, power of technology for good space. Um, so I'm delighted to be joined by both of you. Thank you so much for, for joining.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having us.
0: Um, and anyone listening please tell us where you're tuning in from uh please leave uh, a comment uh ask a question to these two very special guests it's going to be a really good session um really looking forward to it so um if I come to you first Jesse I'd love to uh find out a bit more about your background um sure. and uh, and and ask you your how you got into B2B influence marketing
1: Yes. Um, So I am based in Austin with my family and I am the influencer and analyst relations manager here at Dell. Been here a little over a year. Uh, So fairly new to the company, but uh, not new to influencer marketing. And uh, what that means in my role is I work with our B2B influencers uh, across all of our campaigns and also independent analysts. So Uh, integrating those two together across our B2B products. Um, And how I got into influencer marketing, well, um, funny story, when I was back in college, I needed a creative side hobby. And so I started a blog. And that's kind of when Instagram had just come out. and, And blogs were still popular. And and so i've really evolved and i've continued that over my marketing career in social and uh had traditional marketing roles but realized that i was passionate about social and influencer work and then was able to kind of bring that side hustle experience into my roles and now i get to do both and it's really fun to see because i get to see both both perspectives i see as an influencer how they want to be approached by brands, how they want to work with agencies um, and the relationships. And then I also see the brand side of how what we need from the influencers and the relationships we want to create as well. So it's been really fun.
0: Great. So you can it really fuels your passions and you can also have empathy with both sides. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes. I see both sides of it.
0: Amazing. And, and Gillian, tell us a bit more about you and, and you know, how does one become a, a thought leader for a brand? I mean, a thought leader is obviously um, you know, a pretty cool term um, to be to be known for. How, uh, how did you become one?
2: Yeah, um, my background is really different from Jessie's, but I get to work with her, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I um, I've been in telecom my entire cool. career, which is like over 18 years at this point. It makes me feel a tiny bit old, but that's OK. I started in engineering out of college, um, got a really good basis for like how to build a telecom network and how budgets work and really like a good place to start a career to understand the basics of technology. And I moved into a product management role where I managed a um, software as a service product. And then I did some marketing operations and sales enablement. And then almost four years ago now I came to Dell into a product marketing role. Um, and it was a really good marriage of my sort of technical background and my creative desires. Cause I do have like a pretty creative brain. Although when I put pen to paper, it looks like my dog did it just in transparency, but um, in my mind, it's a good idea. So I just need those artists to kind of back me up. Um, and then from product marketing, Um, I moved into this thought leadership role and I I think it's a great marriage, again, of my technical expertise and my desire for creativity and to be able to tell a story. Because um, what I really do in thought leadership is explain, like, okay, there's all these really technical solutions, especially in telecom. They tend to be even more technical. We're not just, you know, selling boxes. We're co-marketing and co-engineering with our customers. What does that actually mean for the real world? Like, what does 5G mean for manufacturing and healthcare and Um, retail and all of that. And and I think that thought leadership is a really interesting role because you could hire someone for thought leadership that works with thought leaders and analysts and influencers like Jesse's team um, does and kind of like works with them to tell the story for your specific product area. Or you can hire someone that's sort of a thought leader in their own right and I think of myself as a hybrid, produce a lot of content that isn't you know, from my voice, but I've also been able to establish my voice in the industry. And I'll tell you four years ago when I came to Dell, I didn't have that voice, um, but it's been through the encouragement of my leadership to kind of come out of my shell and be able to start Sharing my perspective on things that's allowed me to gain some traction, and I'll say like a little bit of respect and um, viewership in my thoughts alongside the content that I produce for the company
1: in owning telecom thought leadership. And you know, I, I would just say I was—I think that's you know an important trend here that brand that companies are fostering internal brand advocates and mm-hmm. you know seeing the rise of creators internally being online you know so i love that that dell you know helped you to find that find that voice and 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 you know encouraged it so it'll be interesting to see how brands work with internal um, advocates moving forward Right, <laughs> like that's a great part
2: too. Like I, you know, this is part of what I do, and it's it's a passion for me, and it's exciting. And I'm not like an extra thing. I'm I'm doing this because I I love it, and I truly believe in what we do.
0: I can see that, Jimmy, when you're talking about the the technical expertise you've got and your passion for creativity, it seems like a like a perfect role for you because the sort of storytelling aspect, like you said, like really. Um, allows you to leverage that expertise and the creativity side. What do yeah. you think? Why do you think brands should invest in developing more subject matter experts and thought leaders like like you? What 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 do brands get get at scale uh, for them to be able to enable SMEs?
2: Um, I, so like, I, you know, I kind of said this like jokingly before, right. But we we're you know, we're employees. So like, it's not like you have to, you know, have an extra contract with someone. Right. Um, and it's really important in my opinion for when people are looking for roles to make sure that your values and what the company is working on align with what you personally feel as well, because it's really hard to develop, the leaders like you're talking about if they're faking it right? It's, it's impossible. Cause that's, that's not like true thought leadership. That's not going to come off as authentic. I get comments all the time. Oh my goodness. Like you come off as so authentic. And, and I'm like, well, cause I am. Cause like I post things that I believe in and my, my values align with the company values and our technology strategy aligns with what I think we should be doing in the space. So as far as what brands get out of it, having internal advocates is amazing because it's great for internal culture. It's great to show externally as well. There's really no downside. I don't know, Jesse. I want you to chime in, but there's no downside to creating an army of authentic internal advocates.
1: Yep. Yeah, definitely, definitely not in what every internal advocacy program uh, would would want. I mean, who doesn't want their employees to go out and have authentic? conversations and online
0: yeah I think the um, yeah what you were saying is uh is is truly important because we're talking about the um internal advocacy but it's also with with your influencer program Jesse talking about the external advocates so the 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 real magic is also trying to sort of connect some of those internal advocates and external influences as well um now you've got a role in analyst relations and influence relations. So I'm really intrigued as to, um, I guess there's two Mm -hmm. questions, like what is the evolution (laughs) of analyst relations and influence relations, like how do they Mm -hmm. work? And then how do you connect up, you know, people like Gillian with external influences to be able to drive the external advocacy? Um, I guess two really big questions.
1: Yeah. So I'll first, I'll talk about kind of the evolution of, of you know analysts and, and influencers. So um, you know, you have your traditional analyst who might write a, a white paper or research papers and create specific assets for companies. But uh, we're seeing now, as we're seeing with just the social evolution, that they're also starting to to dive into podcasts, YouTube, um, you know, Twitter, LinkedIn, and and creating, you know, maybe they have uh, articles on LinkedIn or a newsletter there. So it's kind of they're graying the line of your traditional influencer that maybe that's their full time role. Um, but and then your, your analyst that now is diving into that space and creating content there. So um, I, I sit Kind of in the middle between those two worlds so i can have those traditional influencer relationships and campaigns um you know consumer probably does a little bit more one-offs campaigns when you think of like black friday and laptops and things like that versus you know b2b um you know we're doing we're doing events but we're we're telling our message throughout the year uh, driving to you know all of the products that we're evolving so it's it's a really interesting place to be and i'm new to the ar analyst relations world so understanding how analysts think uh how they like to work um and really for me the most important thing is building the relationships so not only with the traditional influencer but also our analysts to to tell our story um, and create create those brand advocates so and i don't remember the second the second well, question there
0: yeah because i am sorry i shouldn't have uh, asked too but they were just so front of mind um well maybe Gillian, when when uh, as a as a thought leader um, yourself you know you've obviously got wonderful authentic stories to tell um you, i imagine you've got lots of peers who are external influences you're within the 5g telecom space and uh you know, what what do you do to try and connect with with them to so that um the conversations don't become like a like a Dell echo chamber it's more kind of like also the external impact um, for the brand
2: yeah I think that's a great question and I think Jesse kind of touched on it when she talked about like analysts becoming present on social and and just like continuing those conversations authentically online is really important um and and bringing, you know, Jesse is really great about bringing me in when we are talking to telecom or 5G influencers and analysts and me just having conversations and like picking their brain about what's going on. My, my friend here, this is Giga. Um, she actually interviewed and you can watch all the, the videos. Um, one of our, um, influencer analysts, influencer analysts, is that the term? <laughs> I don't know Influencer <laughs> analyst at at Dell Technologies World, you know, to kind of bring in like this. What she does is she demonstrates the difference between four G and five G latency. That was like her shtick at Dell Tech World. So it was cool to be able to sort of like, okay, we are thought leaders in this space already. We've got this cool robot that shows why four G versus five G matters in latency. And oh, and she can also, you know, interview the the analyst influencer influencer analyst. As well, so mm-hmm. um, it's just really important that that people stay connected, that they stay online, and just to be very clear. Like, it's not my job to post on Twitter and LinkedIn, and that's not like that's not in my job description. But I do it because I've been able to build this brand with the support of the company, and I feel really passionate about what we do. And I know that is the best way. I know the power of social, especially in today's digital world. And if you can tell your story in a different way and you can get people to stop their scroll, that's what's gonna really be authentic and and shown. And I just think that by me doing that, I'm able to continue the conversation more to your point, Tim, with, with the influence and the analysts and people kind of are like, Oh, I know you from LinkedIn. You're the crazy girl that does the TikToks on LinkedIn. Yep, that's <laughs> me. Right. So
0: it's kind of just and I have a really cool robot just beside her. So, you know, not everyone can say that. <laughs> it's, <Yeah>. true. <laughs> it's true. And so, so from a programmatic standpoint, uh, Jesse, you've obviously got um, a number of thought leaders uh, and you know, lots of thought leadership content You're know, within Dell. How do you connect that up to your influencer marketing program yeah. practically?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's important, obviously, that we connect the right voices through the right channels and that includes our influencers and our thought leaders internally, whether that's an exec or someone like Jillian or an SME. And it's, you know, it's important that we integrate, you know, towards the beginning of a campaign. We work together to strategize, um, you know, the best way to to activate across those events. And um you know, I think not only do we have an opportunity to to connect them and, you know, spread our message together authentically, but also really create some relationships online. We've seen, you know, um, connecting the right thought leaders with influencers um, can be, you know, very mutually beneficial um, and, and go past just a business outlook. But also, you know, their buddies on Twitter, they meet up at, you know, in-person events and things like that. So, you um, you know, it's important for us as a team to, to integrate all those viewpoints.
0: Yeah, and, and I was looking at the sort of measurement uh, standpoint because I wanted to ask you about measurement. I noticed that the, I think the the core influence community are driving about, your know, 11% of the social buzz around, uh, around Dell Tech world, um, you know, from the influence community um, mm-hmm. j- j- just by themselves. Um, yeah, you know, that is pretty incredible. Um, how else do you measure success Jesse, when you're looking at the Influence Marketing Program?
1: Yeah, I mean, Dell Tech World was was a really great example. And that was a, a, a great partnership with Analytica and successful to see um, the content created there and, and not only, you know, contracted, but earned because we had these great relationships and partnerships with with our influencers that have really become brand advocates of ours. And, and I'll say, you know, influencer marketing is an, integral part of of our our marketing plans and it's important that we work across the team so i'm very close with analyst relations um uh, pr content product marketing product management so we're going to cross all them and then you know really um communicating the value of of influencer relations to our stakeholders and so once we've wrapped a campaign, we, you know, it's important for me to show the results and and how we've really moved the needle, you know, and ultimately, um, when we take a look at our influencers, we want, um, we want them to align with our our brand values and our culture, and not only, you know, just share this message that we want to get out there with our thought leaders as well, but. We want it to be a a mutually beneficial relationship and and really have, you know, brand advocates. So for me, a big goal of the program is those relationships and how can we build brand advocates over time, long term?
0: I've always thought that the number of brand advocates and relationships should be one of the the biggest metrics for people to measure. But of course, because it's not a a business outcome.
1: A lot of people
0: don't (laughs) measure it too much. But obviously... If you do obsess about the number of brand advocates that you have, both internally and externally, then you're going to drive much better business outcomes anyway. Right. But it's, <laughs> but it's often not not the one that people focus on. They focus on the on the big number, on the big impressions, or the big you know amount of right. leads, for example. And sometimes they miss that step. So I'm really right. I'm really glad that you. It's it's
1: really not as fun as you know demand gen might be more yeah. of a you know a KPI that people want to focus on, but you really have to bring in that qualitative KPI, which is the relationship building. And it's hard to, it is hard to show that, but again, continuing to share that with your stakeholders and why why it's important to move the needle that way.
0: And, uh, and Gillian, uh, for your measurement, uh, you've obviously achieved some great success and you're creating some amazing content. How do you measure your ongoing success and what goals might you set yourself over the next, Year, if, I, if I, I'm putting you on the spot now, <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I think that Jesse did a great job of kind of explaining the you know, people are so driven by quantitative and how many views, and how many downloads, and how many click throughs, and all of that did you get that's okay and like it's it's important to have those numbers on charts but especially in the telecom space if you think about it worldwide there's not that many telecom providers we call them communication service providers so we don't have a massive customer base um, the way you know someone selling directly to the enterprise would within Dell we've a much smaller customer base so I measure success on are we engaging our customers like are our customers coming to us saying hey I saw this piece You guys did on this forward-thinking thing on OpenRAN or on 5G and manufacturing. If I I would be thrilled to have two customers want to have conversations with us on how to build their network versus twenty thousand downloads. Just in transparency, and that's very specific to the telecom space because, like I said, our customer base is not as large as as enterprises. When I look at like my personal kind of thought leadership, I think it for me it's just growth. Like I said, it's not. I'm not like measured personally on. Oh, Jillian, how many LinkedIn posts did you do? How many tweets (laughs) did you do? I'm terrible on Twitter, by the way. I write way too much for as little characters (laughs) as they give me. (laughs) Um, But you know, I I think for me, it's about it's about growth in the space and about learning. Um, I would love to connect with more analysts and what I'll call real influencers because I'm not sure I'm at a point where I can call myself an influencer. Um, I've built a voice, but I'm not like quite an influencer yet. Maybe, maybe someday. Um, but it's very exciting to kind of see that growth. And I tell people all the time, like, you've got to just be like, How'd you start? I'm like, I don't know. I just started posting. My mom was the only one that liked my posts at first, too. Right. <laughs> like, and that's okay, but it's been the consistency for me and the learning and Having that as sort of a baseline has allowed me to continue my growth and continue my learning because I know I want to be sharing about the latest and greatest things.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I th- think that's really good. Both of you are focused on engagement, focused on on the awareness piece. It's just you know, slight and customer reach and customer engagement is the end is the end goal of everyone, right? um you know, pretty much so um right. so it seems like you're very very aligned even though obviously Jesse you're speaking from a programmatic standpoint yeah. Jillian from a individual standpoint um, but it's interesting when you don't have you know a ton of customers then it is about the engagement and relevancy and uh and I love what you said Gillian, about the consistency and just you know the creativity and authenticity of your content that's obviously you've brought you this far as well um, what 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 advice would you do you wish you had known at the beginning of your journey, Gillian, that you know now? Um, maybe how many years ago did you start um, you know posting on social for for Dell?
2: Um, so I probably started like my own LinkedIn chatting like between three and four years ago, um, and I wouldn't say like I wouldn't use the words like for Dell, right? Because I think that the authenticity and the fact that it's my own brand is what has brought me, you know, any sort of success that I've seen. But I, I would say, like, for me, um, I I knew in the beginning, and I would tell people, like, don't be a bot for your company. People can really tell when you're just, like, regurgitating things and it's not your own voice. Apart from so, if
0: you have a robot.
2: Yeah, I do yeah. a robot, but, but I am not a robot so, <laughs> and, and you can, you know, and just to preface this with like, I follow all of our social rules. I'm social media certified. I do all the things that I'm supposed to do. Um, but that doesn't mean that I have to constantly just be a, a bot for Dell, because that's not that's not what's authentic to me. What's authentic to me is sharing about excitement in the telecom industry and the 5G space and what Dell is doing in that space. And you mentioned at the very beginning, I'm also a really big um, advocate for women in tech and I am part of the Telecom Infrastructure Project, which is a conglomerate of companies. I lead um, the diversity committee there, or co-lead the diversity committee there. I'm just very, um, I'm very interested in that space as well. So you'll see most of my content, Focuses on women in tech and diversity, um, as well as what we're doing in the telecom space in five G at Dell, and some of my own opinions. I have a pretty strong opinion on um, the consumer space in five G, which is sort of like an against the grain opinion from a lot of the industry. And I'm comfortable sharing these things because they're authentic to my voice and they're aligned with you know our our voice at. At Dell, and so I would say to people, I've said authentic probably forty thousand times in this conversation. Here's forty thousand and one: authenticity is like a piece of advice. Don't be a bot. Be yourself, and you've got to just start. Yes, like mm-hmm. you know, you're only going to get a couple likes and engagements in the beginning, but start developing your brand and figure out who you are, um, and you're going to be able to grow a following if that's what you want. Based on what you're putting out there, but if you start putting out content that doesn't really align with you, it's never gonna it's never gonna grow. Um, mm. And and I think that's been like the biggest piece of advice for myself is people can tell if you're not if you're not sharing what you truly believe. So that's my biggest recommendation
0: for, yeah. for people. Absolutely, and and Jesse from from uh, working with external influences again, they have to be authentic uh, 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 as well, of course, because you know otherwise it doesn't come through. How do you get the balance right between giving them the creative freedom, but also being able to control some of the narrative?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's we know that the content is going to perform better. If it's in their unique voice, and that's why we chose them to work with them because they're thought leaders, they're uh, voices in the space that uh, know the subject matter, and so that's why I go to them to say, you know, you have a unique voice, and maybe it's a podcast, maybe it's on YouTube. Usually, they have a specific, um, you know, skill set and a certain platform that they like to to be in. Um, so yeah, it's a it's kind of guiding them with with the content and, and the message that we want to to share and get out there. And then we let them decide and, and shape how they want to, to say that message. So um, it's a really cool and creative process to be a part of.
0: Great. And, and because um, it seems to be going so well um, for, for, for both of you, and I know that in every single brand, there's wonderful successes, but there's also challenges. Um, what have been the... What, what Jesse, what, what, what's been the so biggest um, challenge you felt um, you know, when you're sort of running influencer marketing? It doesn't, you know, over the past like four or five. I know you've been involved in it for longer than you uh, since you've been at Dell. What, yeah. what, what, what have you found most challenging when in an influencer uh, marketing role?
1: I would say in general. I mean, um, you know, the market's changing all the time, so it's you've got to keep up with with the trends. So it's like one day you might think, you know, LinkedIn, and then yeah. the next day it's completely, you know, it's pivoted or Instagram of, of you know, video, you know, posts, static posts are working, but now it's video and video is king. And so um, just trying to keep up with the uh, evolving changes in general is uh, is a challenge, but it's also fun to to be a part of and see Um, And I think just in general, showing the value of influencer marketing to leadership and stakeholders, um, it's only ever growing. I mean, and you can see, Tim, I'm sure you have some stats on you guys produced that that recent um, ebook about, you know, how much brands are investing in influencer marketing and how many people are listening to influencers. Um, And I think it's, you know, over time, if we're talking about, you know, for me, I'm B2B now, you're looking at, we want to reach IT decision makers, potentially C-suite, potentially developers. And so, you know, maybe in the past, the way they made their decisions or got information was different. And today, they might find something on Twitter, see something on Twitter that sparks something, and you know, and and then trickles down the funnel. Um, So, we can see we could see the value, but it but it is definitely evolving. So trying to, to show not only quantitative um, value but also the the qualitative as well.
0: Yeah, and I, I couldn't agree more. And the the actual definition of influence marketing and what is an influencer, um, you know, I thought that that was a question which have been answered like a few years ago but actually (laughs) it just keeps on coming up and I think it'll never go away because and and even you said it Gillian like am I an influencer or not I mean we would say you're an influential expert we would say that everyone's an influencer but it's not helpful if Mm. everyone's an influencer because then you can't define who are the key influencers Um, and so it goes around and around in circles Um, (laughs) what, what do you find are the biggest challenges for you Gillian
2: I would say to piggyback on what Jesse said, um, for me, it's like about learning how to take risks on social, but like calculated risks. So like what's working and what's not, right? To, to Jesse's point on it's video, What you know, what's good, what's not working? Because I'm really type A. I'm just going to be honest with you all. I'm really type <laughs> A. I'm very like, I want to know what's going on and when. And one of the biggest changes when I came to Dell is that they're very much into making sure that we innovate. It's like super important. And it's part of like our culture, right? Innovation, not only in our products, but in what we do, like, I don't, Jesse, I don't know if your role existed five years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, (laughs) it's really interesting to see the evolution of not only products, but, but how we do things internally and how we get messages to market. So being pushed to really innovate. And now I'm like, I'm a huge innovator. I'm seen as someone that innovates, but it's only that's been my biggest challenge. It's only because my leadership is like, think bigger, you know, take a risk, figure it out. And it's okay if you fail. And my type A self had a really hard time with that at first. Right. Like taking the risks and and figuring out what works and what doesn't work.
0: Yeah. And. and and because you have taken those risks and obviously you've been successful in what you've done, but what have been the the, the best outcomes in your role or the best, um, mm. uh, you know, you talked about, you know, some amazing social posts or social videos that you've created. Um, what, what, what great things have come from those posts? Can you talk a bit about some of the successes? Uh,
2: yeah. So I think in finding my own voice, um, I started doing, and it was an executive who I won't name publicly, um, but he knows who he is. Who we were talking about at the beginning of COVID in early 2020 about how when TikTok was becoming a big platform, and he was like, "I wonder if like you could like tell a story about technology in seven seconds." And I was like, "I have no idea." And TikTok is not an approved Dell platform. Like we don't use TikTok, but it's a great creation tool. So I started to create these videos on the platform that I share on LinkedIn. I just use the creation piece of it and tell very quick. I mean, usually less than 10 second stories about technology. And that's sort of my thing now. I, I try to do like at least two or three a month. And I think that's been a huge success for me because people know me for it and they it stops their scroll. What is she doing? What is she talking about? Why? And I would say that's the the piece of success in developing my own brand because not many people do that. And I you know, it shows again, my risk taking my authenticity, my building my own voice and not being a bot, right? but still sticking within the guidelines of what we can and can't do um, on social media when talking about Dell. amazing.
0: and And Jesse, what do you uh, what have you felt of the of the the personal um, sort of personal gratification and successes from? Being involved in influencers, what 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 moments have, have really pleased you over the years? Um,
1: I mean, it's it's just a fun space to be in. It's fun to work alongside these creators and see how their minds work, and and um, especially like with YouTubers, it's fun to see to 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 film a video and then watch them go chop it up and create something really unique and cool. As it's it's great to see that finished product. Um, for me, it's again like I said, building those relationships with with the analysts and the influencers. So, um, getting to see them in person, you know, going to Dell Tech World and getting to have dinner with with our influencers and connecting, and that that's for me um, a super fun part of the job because I really enjoy um, just getting to know people and learning about their backgrounds and hearing about how what. Cool new things they're doing. Um, so connecting with people in person and, and sometimes, you know, via Zoom if I need to, but uh, has been really fun to be a part of. And then just seeing to Dells, this program um, yeah. g- grow and it's only going to continue to grow over time. So excited for the future of it.
2: Hey, Jesse, didn't you get to like do some really cool interviews too at Delta? Oh, yeah. Just to like hype you up. Oh, yeah. She had a really amazing opportunity yeah, as a result of how us. awesome oh, she has her
1: job. So. Yeah. So, you know, you talk about your your boss kind of fostering that spirit to try new things and, and innovate and take risks. And same thing. My my boss is great. She um, said, hey, I, I think you'd be good at this on-air, you know, live interviewing. And I said, well, I'll try it, you know. And part of me was like, I don't want to do that. I definitely don't want to do that. Um, but uh, leaned into that skill set and, and did some on air, like, you know, had the little earpiece live coming into you from Dell broadcast, and it was streamed and got to interview a lot of amazing executives that I would never have the opportunity to talk to probably. Um, and so yeah, stretch, stretched me, uh, for sure, and took some risk, But the reward was awesome. It was. I felt was really proud afterwards. Like I can't believe it did that. And then <laughs> I then I needed to pass out a little bit. I,
0: <laughs> exactly. Was... She
1: was amazing. She was amazing. It's Actually,
0: she didn't talk about. I'm like Jesse. You
2: got to mention that. It was awesome.
0: <laughs> uh, Thank you. I saw some uh, uh, some really cool comments in the in the feed here. And um, hi Erin. I know Erin's watching, and she said, "Working with Jesse, it's been such a fun challenge to get to know B2B influencers." as individuals not one group that all does the same thing but with unique strengths and views and planning engagement that taps into that you know I work for Dell so um mm-hmm. obviously some some amazing comments there and I know that um you know, we've got listeners around the world to so tuning in um so hi to all of you um just, so just just lastly I'm um, looking into the into the future and um, since both of you have have achieved good success like what what, what what would you say is next, Jesse? With uh, you know, is it just working with you know more influencers at greater scale, or mm. you know, because once you've once you've activated some influencers and things are going well, you know, it's uh, everyone wants something something bigger, better, you know, something different. You know, for the right. Next. So, so what's what's next for? i think just
1: in general to be open to to the changes so you need to be someone if you want to to be an influencer marketing and and social and in general is you need to be in social you need to be seeing following what the market's doing um what are the competitor what are your competitors doing what are those voices out there that are talking about your brand or other brands um so just you know as it evolves you know continue to to watch what's happening and, um, and be excited by it for, you know, for me personally, Um, like Jillian said, if you're authentic and you enjoy the work, then it makes it a lot, a lot of fun. Um, And then I think, you know, continuing to show the value to stakeholders, because I think it's, like you said, it's just going to grow just as we've seen social media and, and social teams at businesses have just, you know, boomed. So I think the same is going to happen with influencer marketing. People are going to build bigger teams um, and see the importance, but but driving home the value and the KPIs that that we can drive. So, yeah. Right.
0: And and how about you, Jane? Just lastly, because I know we've got to to finish in uh, in a couple of minutes. But what what do you see as the uh, as the you know as the sort of next twelve months? Is it is it more of the same and just like keeping. Keeping at the forefront of the industry, or are there a few things that you wanna, you wanna to try out, you know, a few few new areas of uh, of being uncomfortable, which then takes you into more comfortable state. A few months. I later. think
2: specifically, like in the telecom space it's all about really growing our credibility as not just a, a hardware dealer, right? Because we've been in the space a long time as a hardware dealer, but as a true partner, because that's what we're doing now with our communication service providers is partnering with them. And so that makes Dell in turn thought leaders in telecom and in 5G and whatever G's are coming next, right? So I think it's really important when I think about the future to continue to grow in this space, but it's alongside the industry. It's not like we're like, oh, we're telling you what to do. It's all about our partnerships and doing it together. And I think that's extremely important. In my, in my world, right? Jesse handles everyone's world. Um, but in my world, that's where I see our, our focus because that's what we really want to do is is help um, and partner with what we're traditionally our customers is more of a partnership.
0: Great, well, thank you so much. And and I'm sure you'll continue to be really authentic, create wonderful content um, in achieving that as well. So thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Jillian. It's been a wonderful conversation, really enjoyed speaking with both. Um, To our listeners, I hope that you found that um, really useful. Um, We will uh, see you next time on the Customer Chats. um, And uh, please do leave any more comments uh, and we will get back to you um, after the session, I'm sure.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Thanks.